It is good to be together. And you guys just, yeah, the last two weeks of worship have just been so much fun and so much life. And uh, do you remember ages ago when we had Finney here? Some of you would have heard him speak and he really spoke about worship and he spoke about how, well, the worship team is partly here, but actually the worship team is here. And you guys were a great worship team today. So good job. Let's do more of that. Okay, here's my dilemma. I've got about four messages to speak now. Does that all make you feel relaxed? Yeah. Maybe not. Okay, I will be, I actually have a little clock just there that I can glance down at. So that's my little self-discipline thing right there. So what I want to do is quickly recap on last week. But actually, before I do that and feel like I have any sense of rush, I'm just going to pause and we're going to pray because God's not into rushing. All right. What I just had for us was just a sense of him calling you his sons and his daughters. He's saying, you're my beloved son. You're my beloved daughter. And we're talking about our prophetic focus and those things. But I felt like God just wanted to take a moment to love on your heart. Because it's you and him. And it's your journey with him. And it's who he calls you to be as a son and as a daughter. And that's what matters to him. That's his number one priority for you. Because of everything that he did shows that you are worth it. He rewrote your history. He's already written your future. And he's inviting you to step in with him. So right now, I just, I just had such a sense of his love in the room during worship. So right now, I just speak out in Jesus' name, the love of Jesus over every heart over every mind, that every cell of your body would know that it's loved. We are beloved sons and daughters so that we can be sent sons and daughters so we can come back to the Father to be empowered as his sons and daughters so that we can be mums and dads to a world who need Jesus. That's who you are and that's what we're talking about. Jesus, thank you for everything that you're doing in every single person here. I thank you, God, that there is a story of your grace and there is a story of your love and there is a story of your power. God, I just just want to declare that today is a day where the story continues. The story continues. Whether you're in the middle of a chapter or a new chapter begins as of today, we keep moving forward because his mercies are new every morning. His love is new every day and we're going from glory to glory to unveiled glory. Amen. Okay, last week, I'm going to quickly recap. 
we spoke, I spoke from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, where it talked about the old covenant, the law, which, was a, which, was a, which had glory on it, but it was a veiled glory. And then it talked about how Jesus coming lifted the veil off and we had full access to the abundance of Christ in you, the hope of glory, the abundance of everything that he's paid for. And what I felt like God was saying for us was that this is going to be a year of unveiled glory. And it's not that there's a, and this is the only year of unveiled glory. I'm just declaring that it is so and saying that, I'm going to just recap really quickly. Are we good with that? Okay, so it's like sometimes something that can still be like a veil to us are the stuff in our life that holds us back from experiencing the full freedom that he's already purchased for us. And so we're invited into the heart journey where the veil that is already lifted is fully experienced for us. So we can experience his power and his grace and his love and being the sons and daughters that we're called to be. Number two was squeeze. Everyone say squeeze. I had to do that. Yeah, You did that really well last week. And I I said how I really kept hearing God say the word squeeze. And I had this sense that we're being squeezed through a narrow place, which is actually really uncomfortable. But if we hang in there through the squeeze, that it's going to be worth it because it's going to be glorious because we're going to be left in a wide open space. And I talked about some of the things that that squeeze means. It's, It's your own heart journey. It's the way that we will relate to each other, the way that we're going to do family. It's the way that we will reach out to the community. That is it in a nutshell. And your squeeze will show up where your anchors are. So when we're in the squeeze, this is where our anchors really come in. And perhaps I was feeling in worship that some of you, even since last week, have had stuff like start to unravel in your heart. And maybe you're even feeling like a bit of a mess. And I felt like God wanted to say it's okay. He's got you. So here are the things. Hold on to him. Grab everyone around you that you need for support because we don't do these things alone because you're not an orphan anymore. You're a son and a daughter in a family. And here are the things that we need to do is actually embrace it. One, two, three, squeeze. Because he is good And if he is with us, then I would rather be in the middle of an uncomfortable squeeze than in a comfortable place. Number three was purposing in your heart. Got to read the book of Daniel. Purposing in your heart is a good thing. What have you purposed in your heart for 2018? End. We did it. Recap on last week. So here are the four things that I want to unpack for today. The first word kind of goes with the second word, but... I really felt like God said this is a year of consolidating for us. So what I'm doing here is I'm unpacking a prophetic focus for us. But in that, what I want to weave in is some things that we are feeling, I guess, as leaders. So that we can be really clear as a family, this is where we feel like we're heading. Okay, because it's really good to have that together. We're not sort of in the business of we're off here and let's hope everyone comes along. Like we, we really just want to gather everyone in and say, guys, this is what we're feeling for the year and this is where we're going. And then, you know, let's keep unpacking that and let's keep talking about that. And in terms of consolidating, it's kind of a very big, interesting word. 
But basically what it means is coming together with everything that God has already given us and brought us. And I really believe that it's a really important thing for us to do, all of us in our own lives and all of us as we walk the kingdom journey, is to consolidate at times. There are times when we need to stop and we need to actually like take stock of what God has put in our hand so that we can be faithful with it, so that we can honour and steward well how far he has brought us. So how far has he brought us in five years? He's brought us so far. We know more of who we are now. Just like you in your own journey would know more of who you are now than you did five years ago. So it's been a really important journey for us. And every time that we get together with our board or every time that we get together to really discuss stuff for church something that we always like to start with is what are we thankful for because what we want to do is we want to honor and we want to steward what God has given us and so that we can be faithful with whatever little or big it is and be thankful and then see it grow a focus for us this year is going to really be to build our community So we want to build our community in terms of not just so we meet more, we want to have mums and dads rise up in our community to be the mum and dad that they're created to be. We want to see the sons and daughters fully formed in Christ. And two things about that. Number one is I wonder if some of you were now going to think, am I a mum or a a daughter or a, I don't know where I stand. Well, what I want to say is this. A few years ago when we were at Bethel, um, we were having coffee with Paul Manwaring. You might have heard of him. And he was talking about um, being mums and dads in the kingdom. And he was simply talking about his relationship with Chris Vallotton. And he said, the thing that I love about our relationship is sometimes I'm a dad. This is in the same conversation. Sometimes I'm a dad. Sometimes I'm a son. Sometimes I'm a friend, but all of those things can happen in the one conversation when we do kingdom well, because there are times when I will give you something in our relationship and there are times when you will have something to give me. It's not like we have levels of hierarchy, but we do need to honour the mums and dads in our world and we need to see them rise up to be all they can be. The second thing that I want to say about that is that If we wonder why in the world there's a lot of questions about gender issues and sexuality and all that sort of stuff, which is heated up to a whole new level at the moment, it's got to do with identity. People haven't been mothered and fathered because they don't know who they are anymore. So they don't even know whether they're a boy or a girl. And so if we can mother and father our own community, we need to step out of that and mother and father our community and our city and our nation because people in the world, they, they, don't need, they do need answers, but they need to be mothered and fathered into their destiny and who they really are as a son and a daughter of Christ. So we want to focus on growing in, as a family in that way. We want to focus our, on our worship and our intercession this year. So we want to go deeper. I think I had a photo taken of me last week like this. Yeah. If we want to go far, then we have to go deep. We want to go deeper in intimacy with him as we worship. We also want to go to new heights in worship. If you could all bring your individual worship journeys with God that you have during the week and then we all come together 
and worship together, that should be like an explosion in the spirit right there. And worship changes atmospheres. Worship changes nations. And so I believe to fling wide the gate of revival that we need in our nation, then our worship and our intercession, it, it has to go to new heights. But I believe it will if we do community well. If we mother and father each other well, we're going to go deeper, which means we're going to go further. Apart from that, 1 Peter 2.9 says, see if you know this verse, you are a royal priesthood, you are a holy nation, you are a people belonging to God. We used to sing a song about this. Do you remember that, Steve? Uh, we are a royal priesthood. Okay, I won't keep going with that. Um, a holy nation of people belonging to God that you will declare the praises of him who brought you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You're a royal priesthood and as a royal priesthood we get to come together and we get to declare the praises of him who brought us out of darkness into light if you just stop for five minutes a day and really think about the cross and the resurrection and you just say Jesus crack open my heart he is gonna mash you up with his love and he is going to blow apart your world and when you worship him it will be to a whole deeper level because we don't worship out of drivenness we worship out of relationship and the love the thing I love about worship is like we pour out our love to God and in the middle of worship it's like we get delivered we get healed Bodies get healed. Amazing stuff cracks open because God is never going to be outgiven. Hang on. We can never outgive God. Is that what I... Yeah, that's what I meant to say. And so as we come together, we want to take our worship and our intercession to a whole new level. I want to see Australia cracked open big time and 2018 can be the year to do it. There's lots of good stuff happening in lots of churches. And there are hungry people and we need to rise up even more and go for it. A focus for us will be also expressing who we are in the community. So one focus for us is going to be building our community, mums and dads. Two is worshipping intercession. Number three is expressing who we really are in our community. So it's time for us to step out and be who we are in our community. And all of this, imagine a massive big covering over the whole thing. I just see fire. Fire, 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 fire. Because if we do all this, then we're having, if we do community without the fire of God, we've got a nice club. We've got a nice group. And we'll be, it'll be good. But without the fire, it's not going to go as deep and it's not going to go as far. If we worship and have intercession, but without the fire, we're singing great songs and we've got a good heart. But we want to see things break open in the spirit over our nation. If we... What's the third thing I said? If we go and do some stuff in the community without the fire, I reckon we could even see 100 people saved. Maybe 200, maybe 300. And I would love that. And every single one of them is important. But if we do it with the fire, we can see revival and we can see things go way, way beyond a program. So we want the fire. Okay, Acts 4, 42 to 47. If you've got your Bibles, open up. Acts 4, 42 to 47, I was thinking about the early church. I was thinking about what was happening with them as a community. How were things going? And because the church was exploding. 
And this is what happened. This was the fellowship of the believers. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, sorry, and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. There's the fire. All the believers were together and they had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily who were being saved. We think we've got problems. We just had to find a new new venue. Like... (laughs) You know, you can have a problem, well, the church is not growing, what are we going to do? You can also have the problem of we're exploding day by day, what are we going to do? So what did they do? They sold everything they had, they basically broke bread together daily, they worshipped together, they devoted themselves to the word. And it just really rang true in my heart, I'm not suggesting we actually all move in together. Although as an extrovert, that could be a really nice thing. But... It's okay. I'm not really suggesting that. But the commonness of heart for each other, the fact that they were willing to go whatever you need, if you need that, you can have it because I've got it to give. Or someone being able to go, I need this, and knowing that someone would give that to them. What a blessing. What a sense of community and what a sense of apostolic family. This year, one thing that we're going to do once we've moved we are going to spend some time on what is an apostolic family? What does it look like? What does it feel like? What does it sound like? What does it taste like? Whatever it is like, we're going to talk about it because it's really, really important to where we're going and why we're doing what we're doing. So growing our church family is not going to be about polishing up a program. It's actually going to be getting back to the way we get together, why we get together, the way that we call each other up the way that we love each other through the hard stuff, the way that we walk the heart journey and the way that we just really walk forward together and do it with intention. Number two, the word building. So I had consolidating and building. and We have promises over our church. I'm going to tell you three quickly because you might think, well, do we? I don't really know if I know what they are. Let me tell you three. The day, the specific day that we knew the exact call that God said, do this church, we were actually over at Bethel and someone was praying for us and God said, you already know the way. And he said, just step out in faith and he is going to back you 100%. So I want you to know that's our promise. That's just not our promise. That's our promise. Number two. We were, um, someone prophesied over us. It was actually another person in Bethel. We haven't only been to Bethel in our lives, but it was a good place and really good things came out of there. And uh, Steve Buckland talked about how we're going to do things in a new way and it's going to become a new prototype for the church. And so it's actually our job, if that's a promise, to find what that new way is. Another promise that we had Um, was just that we will be a kingdom combination community. So imagine a bike lock, imagine the numbers in that combination. You've got to have the right number and you've got to have it in the right order. That's like this here. We are a kingdom combination and God has put us together for a reason. And it's going to be fun and it's supposed to be fun. 
So it's the right time for us. So there's some promises. And simply by moving out of our location, we are building forward. We're moving forward. And it's actually, I think it's a great thing that we are moving out of here. I think this has been amazing here and we are so, so thankful for this place. And there are seasons and this season has come to an end and we're going into a new season. So we know if this has been good and we're going from glory to glory, then the next season will be even better. Yep. Okay. Now, it's the right time for us to move and to build on who we believe we are as a community. So something that we believe we really need to do this year is we're going to look at equipping as a real focus for us. One of the callings that we know that we have as a ministry is to be a heart healing ministry. And so it's something that really, well, Tim's been doing it for over two decades. I've been doing it for just under two decades. And a lot of us here have a lot of experience in that. So what we want to do is we want to hone and we want to upskill everybody in who they are made to be. You will not be the heart healer that is like Tim Ferriss. You will be the heart healer that is like Sam Leanman or Steph. You will be who you are meant to be and you fully alive is the kingdom combination that we need to be. So us growing in that, that's why we're doing this. We're starting off with some something, you know, fairly easy, which is just that Sozo book that we're doing. So if you haven't even thought about coming yet and would still like to come, you can. It's tomorrow night and all you have to do is purchase the book. And if you need more info about that, I can tell you about that afterwards. But we're going to be doing more than just one book. We're going to do other snippets and just inviting people to be part of that. So you can grow in heart healing ministry because if we're going to step out into the community, I can tell you we will have an influx of people that want their hearts healed. They will want so much ministry. And so what we want to do is we want to do it really well. So that's going to be a focus for us. How are we going? Okay, number three. We're moving through. Taking new faith steps. We are going to take some new faith steps this year. Some of them, sometimes, our new faith steps are risky, but all of them are worth it. So this is where we have the squeeze, the corporate squeeze. And you know, for some of us, they, we love this stuff. Like, we really love it. We eat it up for breakfast. And when we finish with that new thing, we're like, okay, what's the next new thing? Because that's just what we like. And some of us are actually not like that. So what I want to say is, in this community both are okay. You don't have to be the front of the line pioneer running at the whatever it is that would be really good to run at because it's the new thing that we need to do. I want you to be you. And also this is where we get to be real with each other and this is where we get to love each other really well and go, yeah, I'm feeling the squeeze in that. I'm not sure about that, but I'm in the family. So let's do this together. And the other thing that I want to say about that and felt like God was really stirring me as I was just preparing for this is just because it's in your personality does not mean that it all needs to be that way. For example, if any of you know the Myers-Briggs personality scale thing, um, I am a sensate more than an intuitive. If you don't know what that means, Tim can tell you afterwards. Thanks, Tim. 
And, but so on paper, I'm more a sensate. Probably most people would say I'm actually intuitive. And that's because, and I feel like I am too, but that's because I've learned to walk in the Spirit more and more each year and I feel so led by the Spirit. So for me, what I do in my day is led by the Spirit. How I minister is led in the Spirit. How I go to work is led in the Spirit. Like everything I do really, I mean, I don't really ask Jesus and sit and wait, okay, God, what do you want me to buy in the grocery store so that we can have our dinner I just pretty much know that he's given me a brain and I can work that out. But I'm just, I'm led in the spirit. I might be in the shops getting the groceries and I might feel to pay for someone's groceries or I might feel to go and talk to someone and pray for them. So I feel led in the spirit. So although I am sensate, which is much more concrete, I'm intuitive in the spirit. So what I want to say is if you struggle with change and feel the squeeze or new things are difficult, that's actually okay. But what we want to do is we want to open ourselves wide up to the spirit. And what we want to do is if we're struggling with stuff, all we need to do is encounter the spirit. Just have a fresh encounter and let him lead you. And then what will happen is there will be a peace on it. Okay. There can be a peace on it, even if it feels like a squeeze. Because if God says it, it's okay. It's probably not even just going to be okay. It's probably going to be amazing. We have said before, I've just said then, um, that we were told that we're going to have to find a new way and we will develop some new prototypes for churches. So we actually know that trying new things is actually part of our mandate in leading a church. And so this is where our core value, if you haven't read our core values yet, please do. And we'll probably go into those more this year too. We have a core value that says you're free to fly and you're free to fail. Because if we don't have the freedom to try new things, we're probably not going to try many. If we don't have the love in an environment that cheers us on and encourages us, even if we kind of get it wrong sometimes, then we're probably not going to try many new things. So as we try new things together, family just sticks together, encourages each other and goes, whoop, let's not go there. Okay, let's go this way. And we do it together so the sense of community means that we are just mums and dads and sons and daughters and we are having Christ fully formed in us, the hope of glory, and we're going for whatever he says that we're going to go for. And sometimes if we need to slightly change the direction, it's okay because we're going to do it together and we can love each other through it. Taking new steps, taking faith steps, we don't just do for the sake of it. So in terms of developing a new way of doing church, you may notice if you go to a lot of other churches, they pretty much do what we do. So what I'm saying in that is we haven't heard this five years ago and gone, right, let's just do all this crazy stuff and just go for it. And I don't even know what we're doing, but let's just do it anyway because it's got to be new. What we did is, you know what? Let's start with what we know. Let's start with where we're supposed to be. Let's just build our foundations, build our relationships, build who we are and establish who we are. And then let's start to say, okay, Father, what do you have for us now? And so that's our role to constantly keep our ear to the Father's heart and hear what he's saying. 
we don't just take new faith steps for the sake of it, but I keep saying two things, three things, two things. Hope you're writing it all down. I'm going to have to look at all this afterwards just so I can catch up with all the two and three things that I've been saying. But firstly, God is always doing something new. So in taking new faith steps, that's just kind of the normal Christian journey, right? That's just what he does. Isaiah 43, 19, he says, see, I am doing a new thing. He actually said it. And he's doing a new thing all the time. The way that he has worked with the church and molds the church, it is always changing because he's always forming his bride. And the other thing is that the kingdom is actually one of mystery and wonder. Now, Proverbs 25.1 says, I actually picked the New Living Translation for this. It is God's privilege to conceal things and the king's privilege to discover them. It is God's privilege to conceal things, to make things a mystery and a wonder. And it's actually our privilege to draw close to him and to find it out. Because it's fun, because it's actually new, and because then we get to hear what the Father is saying. So, taking new faith steps is really essential. Hearing his voice is essential. And in taking new faith steps, seeking the kingdom first, Matthew 6, 33 Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. If we actually hear what he is saying and be bold enough to step out into that, seeking the kingdom first, I believe that everything that you long for in your heart will be added to you. Because as you're drawing close to him, your hearts get aligned, you step out and then he gives you everything that you need to not only prosper, but to be in complete abundance and to be really all that you're meant to be. So seeking the kingdom first is huge. And we're, you know, we're taking out some pretty radical faith steps in business stuff and things that we're trying to do this year financially just to try and free up our world so that we can be... You know, just our time can be more aligned where it needs to be. And it's actually kind of stepping off a cliff. But, and I'm not a step off a cliff person, but I am loving it. And I know it's right because I would rather step off a cliff knowing that he is my safety net than stand on a stable piece of ground where I can't hear his voice. Say that again. I would rather step off a cliff knowing that he's said to do it, knowing that he is my safety net and all these things will be added to me than go and stand on a stable piece of ground where I can't even hear his voice that well because it feels safe because it's not really that safe after all. So this is really important. Taking new steps, it's part of our journey. It's part of what we're going to do. So let's do it together. Last thing, taking ground. Say taking ground just in case you're starting to fall asleep. Okay, for a time, I feel like we've been relatively hidden here. Not deliberately so. I just feel like for a season, we've been a little bit hidden in the sense that it's been time for us just to form our foundations, discover who we are and all of those things. But now 
as we literally are moving geographical, geographically, it's really time for us to take ground in our community along with the other churches, which is exciting. Does that sound good? Cool. By nature, the kingdom is one of taking ground. By definition, the kingdom is the king's domain, which means the king is lord over an area. So that means where there's fear and the kingdom comes in, the king's domain, love conquers fear. So the kingdom is always advancing. Um, If you want a verse to write down, Matthew 11, verse 12, from the days of John the Baptist until now and for the rest of our days, the kingdom of heaven has been and will be forcefully advancing and forceful men lay hold of it. I was thinking about um, a lot of the explorers that discovered new land. So they took ground. Um, I don't actually think that they were bored and just thought, you know, it's kind of getting a bit drab. I think I'll go and discover a whole new country. They were hungry to find more. They wanted more. They knew that there was more out there and they had to go and have it and they had to be the ones to find it. And so they put themselves in a really uncomfortable position, squeeze, and usually they hopped on a boat and it usually took them months to go and find what they were going to find and it was, it was usually at a high cost. I was thinking about Joshua. Um, this is in the Bible now. Joshua, when he took the walls of Jericho... Now, he had been in the desert and he knew, because he'd looked into the promised land, that it was going to be a big thing. But he had complete confidence in God because he knew that God was with him, right? So he heard the voice of God. So instead of getting an army to go, let's take over a whole land, come on, muscle up. He heard the voice of God, which says, walk around, blow some trumpets, worship the Lord and yell. And the whole thing's going to fall down. So he went with that. He stepped off the cliff, went into the safety net, did what God said, and ground was taken because he did that. I was thinking about Moses. He led a whole lot of people out of slavery into freedom, but they had to go through a pretty deep sea to get there. So the voice of God says, put your staff out. So he puts his staff out and the sea goes apart. Now, had he have gone into, well, you know, this is, this is kind of inconvenient. I don't really know if this could work. He didn't analyse it. He heard the voice of God and he stepped out in faith and he took ground and all the people went free. Taking ground is monumental. And I want to suggest that taking ground involves hunger. Not drivenness, but hunger. If you look at revivals, if you look at the history of revivals and the places where God has really showed up to like a city level, moving out towards a nation level, but especially a city level, I can tell you some of the specific accounts if you want to see them for yourselves. But they've usually started in a place where there is absolute devastation. So one was in Cali, Colombia. The drug lords were taking over. The the murder rate was incredible and things were devastating. So the church got absolutely desperate and they went, guys, we've got to band together here and we need to pray. So they started meeting daily 
and started praying and it started with a few and then it grew and grew and grew and they just worshipped and they prayed and they worshipped and they prayed because they started to feel like no we do not want this to happen for our city God is bigger than this and they started to believe for breakthrough and not only did they experience breakthrough they actually experience revival and then on the headlines there's like murder rates have dropped that you know so and so drug lord is completely busted and and now in jail and and they just had so many things happen as a result of being hungry to take ground now as I look at Australia I just I really feel like we're not hungry enough I, I do I feel like we're not hungry enough And there are some individuals who are hungry, but at the end of the day, we can go to our comfortable homes and, you know, if things don't change, then it's kind of okay. But we're not hungry enough. And so I am praying constantly for our country to not wait till we're in a devastating situation to rise up and band together and pray for revival. I'm actually praying the hunger levels to be stirred up constantly because we need to pray for revival now. We don't want to get to that point. We want to do stuff now. And if we can't see every single church doing that right now, we can see it here. So we need to take ground in the spirit and we need to worship and we need to be hungry to take ground. I'm going to finish in a minute. It's all uncomfortable and it is a squeeze. But if it's God, then it's going to be good. The last thing about taking ground is if we want to take ground, it's actually really going to challenge where our priorities lie. Because seeking the kingdom first, it tends to shift our priorities around. And as the verse says, if we seek the kingdom first and some of our priorities change, for some people it's where they live that changes. For some people it's how they use their finances. For a lot of people it's how they use their time. It's how they worship. It's how we treat each other. How we love each other is also in seeking the kingdom first. When we do that, all these things will be added. So when we actually shift our priorities around in kingdom alignment, we actually see more breakthrough anyway. His unveiled glory for all of us is to experience what it's like to take ground. So he wants to take ground in your heart. And we talked about being real with each other about our heart journey and pursuing it and doing it with each other, not alone. We are not supposed to do this alone. His unveiled glory is for you to experience what it's like when you take ground in the community, when you take ground in the city and when you take ground in the nation because this is really big and it's supposed to be big. So his invitation to us is big and huge and any other word that you want to use to describe big. So just think of a word that describes big. Insert there, his invitation to us is this. But his invitation will always come with the empowering of his spirit and with every cell of you being consumed by love and with him stopping with you every day to say, you're mine, you're mine. And at the end of the day, that's what he wants. So we're not all running around doing things in our own strength, 
and that we're not all running around just getting ourselves busy with programs, but we're doing it in the power of the Holy Spirit and we're doing it because we're beloved sons and daughters who are laid down, fully surrendered. Whatever you say, God, whatever you say, wherever you lead me, that's where I want to be. I'll step out there because it's worth it because all these things will be added to you. Let's stand. Can we actually just put up the verse of the last song? I think the last song that we were singing. Yes, that one. And we can sing it, but I really just wanted to... I looked at the words of that and I went, that kind of sums it up. So let's do that. Um, I want to ask people to step forward if you're feeling moved. And I'm pretty much going to do this every time I speak. And that's because I believe it's really important that we respond. And if you don't want to, that's okay. But if you do want to, if you're being moved in your heart, then I want to invite you forward to say that you're going to respond. Because his invitation for us this year is this. He wants you to experience the unveiled glory of his presence. He wants to be with you in every moment of the squeeze. He wants you to purpose in your heart the things that are in alignment with him. He wants to take ground. He wants to build from where he has brought us. Yes, that's it. Shout it out and lift up one voice one voice we are one voice to the king when we come together so this is about family and community and this is really important sing it out to all the earth so that all the all the earth can hear it it's time for us to be who we are more in the community because we actually hold the words and the answers and the moments of eternal life that people are longing for Jesus is alive and he saves, he rescues and saves. That for me is enough of a reason to party. So we're going to have a great big party this year. We're going to do it together. So can we please have some fun? Okay, let's do that. And you know what? Even the heart journey feels really hard, but it actually can be fun because we're walking into freedom and we're walking into destiny. So it's supposed to be good. So if you want to just say yes to God specifically about partnering in one of those things, I actually want you to come to the front and I really want to pray for you. Get Megan to pray for you too. And otherwise, let's just sing out that a couple of times. And then those of us who have children in kids church, we can go and get our kids. But let's sing this. Let's just take a moment. I don't just want to pour all that out there and just not take a moment to respond in our hearts. So as I said, if you feel moved and you really want to respond, just do it. Just come down and we're going to pray for you.